This podcast and following message are brought to you by The Sharing. Discover what it's like to be part of something larger than yourself, something big, something important. Located in sunny Santa Barbara, The Sharing is committed to family, virtue, righteousness, and brotherhood and sisterhood. Join now as a member of The Outer Sharing for the chance to become one of the special chosen few, a full member of The Inner Sharing. The Sharing. You will be a part. You will be different. Ready to spoil these books? Yes. Hardcore. Okay, so I think we could continue with our analysis. Um, okay. I had some th- some like points I was going to go back to. Okay. Do you have anything you want to say more about this passage, or? Well, there's the thing. I felt like we were going to talk about Marco analyzing video games. Yeah, that's the next. Can we talk about Marco? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we just talk about Marco then? Sure. So Marco, he's ruthless, which we will find out later in the series. But I didn't pick up on the analyzing video games thing. I don't know if you had more to say about that. I mean, I didn't pick up that he was introduced this way, you know? I mean, we don't really see his ruthlessness emerging until, like, the books with his mom, Also, you know? I guess we should, like, be more clear, because ruthlessness isn't really what the analyzing video games thing is about. It's right, more it's about kind of like him, a like, seeing... cold, tactical aptitude, I think. Well, yeah, and he talks about that bright, clear line from A to Z. Yeah, yeah. like that. I mean, I love that monologue. Yeah, that's a, that's one of the best ones in the series. But that aspect of him is foreshadowed even this early. Like, even the fourth paragraph of the first book. Yeah, I know. She was probably like, okay, we need one person who's like... Yeah, he's not just the funny one. Like, it's not just like a character trait that she teased out over time. It's like she probably knew she was going to put it there the whole time. Yeah, she probably had like the normal one, the funny one who actually analyzes things... So the same thing with Cassie, by the way, mm-hmm. if, if you're, if we're okay with the... Oh, because of how magic she is? Yeah, she, she's super magic. We see that she's a Nasreen. Yeah, yeah. Being good at morphing. Yeah, um, although we don't explicitly know what, how to call that yet, but we will when Axe comes. And also, Megamorphs number four, we learn that she is somehow in tune with the strings of the space-time continuum. Yeah, isn't that why she like heard had the dreams about X? Yeah, I think I think that's part of the reason, and also that's why she's able to keep them steady in alternate timelines or something like that. Um. Yeah. No, I think that's that's true. Yeah. Um. Oh, and wait, sorry. Can we go back to Marco? I guess we go through character by character. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. So back to Marco. His thing where he was saying to jake like i'd rather die than become a controller yeah can we just talk about his mom for a second yeah because i guess i don't know i it it really puts into focus his whole worldview on that front because then later he's yeah he he is like trying to kill her when that happens yeah he's like i know she would rather be dead than be a controller yeah he's thinking like no way definitely clear anybody would rather die than be a controller therefore i don't feel bad about this like i'm gonna kill her yeah which makes a lot more sense you know, when I think about it that way. Yeah, versus yeah. like when I was reading whatever book that is, like 31 or whatever. I think it's 30. Yeah. 30. Um, when I was reading that the first time, I was just like, wow, he's really going to like kill his mom. But yeah. Um, did you want to keep going character by character? I have some more things we could say. Sure. I'm just say, say everything. Okay. So I wanted to talk about Rachel for a sec because we talk about Rachel and Cassie's opposites mm-hmm. right, in this book. And... Um, 
and Jake's, you know, that, that scene where Jake's like, oh, you sh- shouldn't go to the construction site alone. You're mm-hmm. like girls. Rachel's like, shut up. Like, what are you trying to, like, oh, you're trying to, like, save us because we're girls? And Cassie's like, no, I would rather have someone else along. Like, mm-hmm. so in that moment, Rachel's being like, how dare you impose your gender roles on me? Like, I'm not going to do that. Cassie's like, no, no, I do think that it would be good to have, like, boys protecting us. So we have one, like, gender role defier and one gender role conformer. Mm-hmm. Which then I think is interesting because Jake's and Cassie's relationship versus, like, Rachel's and Tobias's relationship mm-hmm. are very different True. in a way yeah. that I feel like is kind of related. Like, Jake and Cassie are very, like, this is what I think of as a middle school relationship, mm-hmm. you know? Rachel and Tobias are very different. That was all I wanted to say. I just wasn't yeah. sure if I could say that Rachel and Tobias get together, even though I guess it was kind of obvious. It was kind of hinted at. I think he, like, perches on her shoulder for a little bit. Um, I know, and Jake's like, I wonder why that happened. Yeah. Oh, so so one thing I caught in Chapter 5, when Visser 3 meets Elfanger, he's like, an honor to meet you, which we know from the Andalite Chronicles. Haven't they? Yeah, didn't they meet? Yeah, yeah, they met. And had this whole adventure in the Andalite Chronicles. No, but that was Elfengor and the Andalite. No, no, because... Was it Elfengor and the Yerk? Yeah, yeah. So the Andalite Chronicles is where Alaran gets infested by Visser Three, mm-hmm. And so there's this whole drama with them. So, but here he says, nice to meet you. So I wonder if this, we could... Didn't we talk about this at some point? I feel like it was it was another, like, mistake or something, or like... Well, I think you could read it either as an oh, Applegate mistake, or you can read it as Visser Three is like being coy in front of his fellow Yurks because he doesn't want to reference the events of the Andalite Chronicles, basically, mm. that time from his past. Um, so, and the construction site is where Elfanger buried the Time Matrix. Right, so are you counting that as the dead person? Yeah, so, so basically... The Time Matrix is buried in this abandoned construction site. You know, it represents all the deaths that took place. And then the kids go in there, and then they're cursed by the basically the whole book series happening to them. I guess I see that in a way, because isn't there like a reason why the ship is going to that site, and it has to do with the Time Matrix being there? Yeah, yeah. Elfanger is desperately trying to get the Time Matrix to save his ass, basically. Right, right. So that, so I guess that makes sense. The one thing is just that I don't know. I guess you can interpret it as like, oh, and then and then all these terrible things happen to the kids. This is the curse. But mm-hmm. it's also like, if they hadn't gone there, they wouldn't have gotten the power to morph. Yeah. And then worse things probably would have happened. Yeah. So it's kind of a good thing too. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of that scene, though, I wanted to talk about um, Elfengar using the cube, like giving them the powers mm-hmm. to morph. Yeah. So I have a couple things. First of all. This is just, like, a small thing. But remember how Andalites are, like, optimistic? Yeah. Um, we find out that in book 33. Yeah. Right. And, like, when Tobias is, like, morphing, morphing Andalite. Yeah. Elfengor giving them the cube mm-hmm. is, like, super optimistic of him. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, no, this is good. This is what could possibly go wrong. This is going to be great. It's going to be great, yeah. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I have complete faith in them. I think that's really, like, yeah. sweet. Nice. And then um, also, well, I don't know if... We need to mention this, but, you know, we see the picture of Elfinger's family. Cameo by X. Yep, cameo by X. Okay, other thing about the scene. This is my last thing. The cube. Each person puts one hand on one side, and then Elfinger puts his hand on one side, and then they, like, 
do something, and now they all have the power. But that's definitely not how David got his power to morph. I know. Well... He just got it by touching it. So why did they all have to touch it? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why did Elfinger have to touch it? Because yeah. later, all you got to do is touch it. Yeah. But Jake touched it because he just went and got it from the ship. I think so it's like, touch it and then... Well, like, you know, you, if you go around touching random animals, you don't get their DNA. So I think it's something similar where you think about getting the power to morph. Okay. Is that how David gets it? Because I thought that David, like, There's just touched it. There is a scene where it's like, we're giving him the power to morph now. And they just, like, thought it, and then it happened. But okay. I, I know it's not just him brushing up against it accidentally. And then all of a sudden... Right, because he was, like, Oh, no, wait. It. That totally happens to uh, the, oh, the buffalo. Animal. Oh, yeah, the God. buffalo. So you're totally right. You can just You can just touch it. Touch but it. Jake touched it when it was on the ship. Yeah. And he didn't get the power to morph then. Or, well, or maybe did he did. He? I yeah. don't know. So I don't know if this is, like, a home in logic oh, or Oh, God. What. You have to keep it away from bugs at all costs yeah and there's like bacteria in the air well they have dna they can't like concentrate on other things i think well but neither can the buffalo no it was the ant that looked at cassie and thought about cassie and its ant mind and then oh that whole scene was yeah like, we don't need to get oh, into that God. that's too icky i don't like that's it. like i can stand like taxing guts but oh no oh, it's really bad oh, no um it's um, fine so anyway, yeah, keep that shit in a Ziploc bag. So there's definitely some situations in which brushing up against, <laughs> I know Ziploc would have been really helpful. We can see how this unfolds as we get to the terrifying Buffy human book. Oh my god, what number is that? I think it's twenty-four. Oh, that's like too close. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, oh, speaking of the David trilogy, mm-hmm. when Jake is acquiring the tiger. Marco is like, oh, oh king the king of the, of the jungle. jungle. And David's yeah. like, that's a lion, but don't tell the tiger that. So I wonder if Jay Applegate was like, I want to have a lion and tiger fight at some point. How um, can I do that? Yeah. Let's just make this randomly a weird, twisted character. Okay, so my only other stuff was about Science of Animorphs. Okay, let's do it. Do you want to... Do you want to do it, or do you have other things you want to say first? Is this the talk where we talk about Thought Speak? Not the podcast, but the phenomenon? Well, I want to talk about Thought Speak, the phenomenon, but we can talk about that anytime. I feel like we might be going kind of long. Yeah. I also want to talk about morphing. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, that thing that I said about, like, how their brains can still work while they're morphing. I have some thoughts yeah. about that. And what kind of brains can Yerks control? Which I think gets talked about later. Yeah. So any of these things could be talked about at a later point. Those are just some, like, questions that I had. I honestly think the stuff about where are their brains when they're in morph should be tabled until book number 18. Which one's that? So that's the one where they randomly get sucked into Z-space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Axe. That's fine. My theory involves Z-space. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, What kinds of brains can you control? I think we can talk about, like, at a later book, too, because they talk about that. 15, I think. Yeah. So, um, but morphing in general, right? Mm-hmm. They say when Jake morphs um, Homer, he says it's not painful. Mm-hmm. And he says something about how he can feel his bones getting longer yeah. or shorter and some bones like appearing. Yeah. Right? Which is like, okay, where's that coming from? So it's got to be, if we're talking from, like, a biology standpoint here, Mm -hmm. it's got to be, like, induced stem cells. You know what I mean? Sure. Everything that they morph uses DNA, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's a safe leap to say if it uses DNA, it probably also is, like, cellular in nature. Okay. Right? And probably 
follows like a similar developmental path as like most things on earth which is like you go from omnipotent stem cells mm-hmm. to like totipotent, pluripotent yeah pluripotent totipotent yeah i thought totipotent was omnipotent no it's, it's like, like most things it's not all things okay. omnipotent like really only happens like at the very beginning is yeah. my understanding but i don't know the mcat was kind of a while ago so i think what must happen is you know how you can like induce usually like pluripotent stem cells mm-hmm. so that must be happening from like from the analyte technology like so i understand bones can like grow or shrink like that yeah. happens all the time right right i think that's a good theory because they're taking raw mass from somewhere and then that goes into jake as like these pluripotent <coughs> stem cells then by the mm-hmm. analyte technology it gets induced to be a random bone if you have some kind of stem cell or like a cell that's capable of specializing in a way that's different from what it was like originally used for mm-hmm. then you also have homer's dna then i could see that leading to like the development of new bone where there was no mm-hmm. bone before you know what i mean yeah actually this is making me think about a theory of morphing a theory of morphing yeah okay for all our listeners andrew's looking at me with a weird look (laughs) it's his thinking face okay so we know from book 40 something that the way the yurks eventually catch the animorphs is that they go to random blood banks and find people with tiger dna in them right so it's the dna is physically inside the person but what if in like your bloodstream or wherever each morph you have you just get one omnipotent stem cell and then when you're morphing that stem cell just divides such that you like become that animal does that make sense what happens to your cells they go to zoo space your cells so either like... get eaten by that those cells or if there's excess mass they go to z space and if if you're morphing something larger like an elephant you take mass from Z space. I don't, I don't know yet how that works. Maybe I. But to then you'd still have to more. have. So then, like when you're a tiger, you'd still have to have omnipotent Jake cells in yeah. you. Just one. Just one. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. One Jake cell in you. But then, when you're morphed as a tiger, do you also have? No, you a don't. A wolf cell in you. And that's why you can't. You don't. And that's why you can't go from. So tiger where's to the wolf. wolf cell? That's in Z space too. With the okay. rest of your mass. So you so you have to still have a Jake cell though, but you, yes. but not any of the other cells. Yes. So how like how oh, would you after even... two hours the cell dies? I mean, okay, that seems a little bit like. I, I mean, I am just like talking about a yeah. soul and calling it a cell, but this all does seem a little bit arbitrary. But yeah, maybe. well, you know, it's like fit the. But we have the to assume that it's facts. yeah. We have to assume that everything that happens is canon is like oh, true. It is. So. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, we can, we can we see where that goes. we have a written uh, missive from Kay Applegate. So, okay. Well, that's interesting. We can follow. We'll, we'll see how that Well, because um, we're going to learn out. a lot more about morphing in, yeah. that, in that book with the Z-Space, so that's yeah. fine. Yeah, we don't, we don't need to resolve that right away, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's all that I had to say about it. Okay. Well, I th- let me see if I have anything else for the super spoilers zone. I, like, starred different things. Oh, I guess... Uh, they're joking about controllers and when Rachel's reading the newspaper Mm -hmm. and realizing that the news organization contains some controllers and then Marco is like math teachers for sure which is funny because in book 35 his dad goes on to like marry a A math math teacher teacher. yeah 
but is that, she a that's, controller? I don't think that's a foreshadowing. I think that's just a joke about math teachers. Is she a controller though? Um, no, she's not. She's at never first. a controller. No, they they make her a controller because they want to to get to him yeah. or to get to his dad. Yeah. Yeah. Then then Marco and his dad fake their deaths and. Well, yeah. Away. Then everything's crazy. But yeah. It's fine. Then all hell breaks loose. Basically, post book forty five. Yeah, dude, forty five to fifty four are like, they're like completely different. I know, yeah. It's like, like, this is the same shit. series that had the oatmeal stuff. 44 book. is like, I, I want to say that's the, I don't know if that's the kangaroo book. But 44? Yeah. It's oh a, my God. It's like, oh, we're just in Australia doing whatever. And then it's like, we're yeah. faking our deaths and going to open warfare. No, I know. And you're like, not ready for it. No. Yeah, I was you're... reading these books all at once and I was like, yesterday was different than today. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, the super, the weird stuff with morphing like is foreshadowed by Alfanger's statement describing it which i think will be fun to follow because cell and beta yeah like maybe your cells well i won't expound upon this theory anymore actually okay (laughs) anyway that was book number one the invasion that was book number one the invasion right so join us next time for animorphs book number two the visitor Ooh. i'm pretty excited to do that I think we'll um, maybe do some editing and work out the transitions, you know, in, in post before we release a bunch of these. So maybe we'll release like the first three. But why do you need to tell them that if we've already released them all? At oh this point? yeah, you're right. <clears throat> anyway, go, <laughs> and we'll we can make up some generic plug, and then just have that play at the end of every episode. Oh yeah, you've been listening to the Soap in the Air Pool with Andrew and Diana. Uh, for more information, you can email us at sulpniarpool at gmail.com. That's S-U-L-P-N-I-A-R-P-O-O-L at gmail.com. Uh, you can also visit our Tumblr at, uh, what is it, the-sulp-niar-pool.tumblr.com. We did not think that through. The username was taken. Um, yeah, so we can, uh, maybe we'll have a Twitter or a Facebook or a whatever. You can um, uh, Snapchat us. Maybe we'll have Instagram, a Snapchat. Uh, Vine. Oh, wait, no. Vine's dead now. Um, yeah. what you else can visit us use? in the Sulpnir pool. Come hang with us. We'll be there every Come to the days. next sharing meeting. We'll yeah. be there. Um, soaking up that delicious Candrana. I mean, what? <laughs> what? All right. All right. Enough all right. That. Yeah. So uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.
if you morph an animal that has been neutered, are you now neutered? No, you're not neutered. 